Just Man's the podcast. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of Just Man's the Podcast. It's your host, Amanda, and I am so happy that you guys are here and you're listening. I hope you had a really great weekend, hollow weekend. I don't know about you guys, but I am always the gal that doesn't have a costume until the day before or the day of. I, I know, I need to get better at this because I am a blogger, if you will, and I feel like it's written in the duties and responsibilities of a blogger to have a solid costume like locked and loaded at least a month before. Yeah, not your girl. I really need to get a handle on it. Um, next year, let's see. I hope I will do better. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it right now. I will do better. Um, but yeah, I don't have a costume as of right now, and I'm recording this like the day before Halloween. So, you guys will see what I end up doing. But I'm thinking of like just slapping on some makeup and then wearing a cute outfit, like maybe a scarecrow. We can do like a scarecrow vibe, so we can do like scarecrow makeup and then just like a flannel. You know, like the the lazy girls Halloween. I love the idea though of getting a full on costume and really killing it on Halloween. But honestly, it's just never been my thing. Um, especially with a baby, it's kind of hard. I did have some really good ideas though, that I was going to do just never got around to it. And honestly, with the pandemic, I'm not going anywhere. So I was like, I'm not going to waste my money on like a ridiculously expensive costume just for the clout. You know what I mean? Just for like the Insta post when I'm not going anywhere. But I did have some good ideas. I had an idea to be the Mean Girls mom. So Amy Poehler's character. And then I was going to have like a cute caption on Insta and be like, I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. Get it? Because I'm a mom now. (laughs) Wild. Um, Or my friend Graham, whose party I'm actually going to tonight. Not party. Get together. Small gathering social distance. He actually had a really good idea of me being a milkmaid, which is really comical because I'm breastfeeding and I have milk in my titties. Ew, I hated that I just said the word titties. I've never referred to my own boobs as titties. I really apologize for that one. Anyway, you guys did not tune in to this episode to hear about what I thought I was going to be for Halloween because Halloween, when this episode goes live, has passed. It's over and done with. What you guys are really here for is to hear some freaking advice, okay? I'm going to channel my inner Dr. Phil. Honestly, I've never seen Dr. Phil before, but I know that he just is a therapist and he gives advice, so I'm going to channel him, whatever he he is like because, again, haven't seen him, never seen an episode (laughs) Um, but yeah, I'm going to be giving you guys some relationship advice. No, I'm not a therapist, but you know, I consider you guys my friends and this podcast, I want it to be like you are sitting and chatting with your best friend and asking for advice. The reason I feel like I want to give you guys advice is because I've been so open and honest about Lucas and I's relationship on the podcast, on my YouTube, on Instagram. You guys know the deal. And if you're new, I will give you a brief overview. So Lucas and I are currently together and we just had a baby, but we met when we were 16 in high school. We were together until about 18, no, 19. We were together until 19. And then freshman year of college, we kind of went on a break, kind of not. And then after freshman year, that summer we were together. And then the end of that summer, right before sophomore year, I broke up with him. 
we broke up for a year and then got back together our second semester of junior year and have been together ever since. So we took a break. We broke up. We were not together for a year. We were together. We did long distance. Our relationship has been very dynamic and it's evolved and it's changed. And there's been a lot that we've gone through over the years. And so I get a lot of DMs from you guys asking for advice on your relationship struggles and your relationship issues and just experiences in your life when it comes to dating and relationships, because I am so open and honest about mine. And I feel like I have a lot to say because I have been through so much in my own relationship and it's worked out for the better. So that is why I feel like I have some kind of credibility to give you guys advice. And again, you guys are just my friends. So we're just sitting down and having a chat and I'm going to tell you guys what's up. So I went on Instagram and I asked you guys to give me your relationship questions, your relationship issues, struggles, experiences, problems, everything. We're going to get into it all. And you guys delivered. You guys gave me some really, really good topics to cover and questions to answer and we're just going to get into it, you guys, because these are good. These are good replies. Okay. So just pre prepare to be entertained, prepare to make some, you know, changes in your life, maybe make some decisions that are hard, maybe come to terms with a feeling or maybe get the confidence to confront your significant other about things and issues that are not working in your relationship. I hope that you guys really enjoyed this episode and I hope that you guys take something away from it. All right, so I kind of broke up the questions and the topics that you guys wanted me to discuss in categories. So the first category is long distance slash needing space. So the first question that I got was what to do when your long distance boyfriend needs space. And again, this is something that I'm very familiar with because Lucas and I went through that, except I was the one who needed space initially. So very familiar with this. My answer to that is give it to him. I know it's such a hard thing to wrap your head around because you're like, well, we're already doing long distance. How much space do you fucking need? Because we already have a lot of space between us. But to me, it's more about needing the space to fully exist in your individual place. So whether you're in Florida or for our example, Lucas was in Florida. I was in Colorado. I needed the space to really be present in Colorado. And it wasn't like I needed the space from like physically because I had the space, but I needed the, the space from the relationship. So I think for me, space wasn't necessarily a, I need space because I don't love you anymore. It was solely, I need space because I need to work on myself. I need to really figure out who I am and what I am and what, what I want to be and how I want to exist in the place that I am right now, because you're not here. I just felt like I for so long wasn't thinking about my individual self and I wasn't tending to my individual needs. It was always Lucas and Amanda, what are we going to do? What are we thinking? What is he doing? It was never just like, what does Amanda want to do today? What does Amanda need? And so I really needed to take that space to figure those things out. So again, what I would say to you is give it to him because if you give him the space now, then he'll either take the space really figure things out for himself and then come back to you a better man. Or if he doesn't come back to you, you know that it wasn't meant to be. And now you have the space to find yourself and figure out what you want in a person as well. The next question is, my boyfriend says he feels burnt out from our relationship. We've been together for five years. So there are a few things that I want to say here. 
Number one, listen to him. If he's telling you that he's burnt out, he probably is. I think it's really, really hard for a lot of men to communicate their feelings with you. And so if he's telling you this, you need to listen to him and you need to believe it. You just need to validate those feelings. I think that's really important. The second thing is I think five years is a long time to be with someone, but I also feel like if it's been five years and the feelings or the relationship is fading, then it's probably not a relationship you two need to be in right now. I know that's hard to say and hard to hear, but I don't think that if you've been in a relationship for five years, that means that it should fade. The feeling should fade. I don't really think that you should feel burnt out by five years. If anything, I think I think it should get stronger. So I think maybe if one person's feeling burnt out, maybe you guys need to both step back and really evaluate the relationship because it might not be the right one for you. Now, the third thing is if you feel like this is the right relationship, but things just haven't been great lately, then I'm assuming that there's, an, there's a lack of communication or effort on both sides or both. You know, you need communication and you need effort put in. I would suggest that you guys sit down with each other. You discuss what you want from the relationship. You discuss if you want, if you both want to continue the relationship and then try harder. If you do want to continue it, you need to try harder. You need to make an effort to connect, maybe grab dinner together, go for a walk in the park, have romantic sex, whatever you guys need to do to connect and really come back to each other and communicate, then do it. But if it's not a relationship that you and him both want to continue, because again, it needs to be mutual. If, if he is telling you that he's burnt out and he doesn't want to continue the relationship, you need to honor that. But if that's the case, take a little break from one another and then just focus on yourselves. You know, again, if it's meant to be, you guys will come back to each other. If it's not, then you know what? You, you dodged a bullet. You realize that this was not the relationship for you and you can move on and find the right relationship for you. I think just an overall opinion about long distance is it needs to feel like something that is worth it because long distance relationships are hard and they take a lot of effort. I wrote a blog post about long distance on justmans.com if you guys want to read that one because it's a really, really good post about long distance and just how I made it work and, and what I my thoughts are on it. But Again, long distance is really hard, so I think it needs to be worth it. You need to really see a future with this person. You need to really love this person, enjoy your time together, want to spend 24-7 with them. And if you come to a realization that that's what you want, that that long distance relationship and that person is worth it, then it really takes effort and it really takes a lot more communication than if you were just in a regular relationship. So yeah, just make sure that the person's worth it because honestly... It's not worth putting in all that effort if that person, you know, you don't see yourself marrying. It's just really not, you know? There's so many other things. So many other fish in the sea. So I put this in the category of young couple because I got a few questions about young couples. So the first question is how to save money as a young couple. So Lucas and I are currently making an effort to do this. In our case, we decided to get a joint bank account because Lucas is the one, the only one who has a steady income right now, you know? on the podcast grind, trying to make it, trying to, trying to do my thing, but he's, he's the only one with the income right now. So yeah, we got a joint check checking account so that all of his paychecks go into that account. And when I'm at the grocery store for us and out, I can just use our card with his money on it, um, to buy us things. We both have separate savings accounts. And what we've been doing is 
just with every paycheck that he gets, he's been putting $500 away into his own savings. And what I used to do before when I had a steady income was the same thing. I would put a certain amount of my paycheck each month or each week or every other week. I would put a certain amount away into my savings and not touch it. I never touch my savings unless it's like I really need something. That's the only time I touch my savings. But something that I would suggest if you're in the situation where you're both making money is to get a joint savings account. That way you can both have your paychecks go into your separate checking accounts, but you can both just contribute to that joint savings account over time. So what I what I think in terms of ways to save, I think you should sit down with your significant other and discuss, you know, both of your incomes and then come to an agreement of some sort of budget. So sit down and create a budget together. Like I have this much to spend for groceries. I have this much to spend for rent and this much to spend for gas, etc. And then from there, you guys can come up, come up with a realistic amount of money to save each week or each month or with each paycheck. Even if it's just 50 bucks to start off with, I think starting to just, you know, chip away at it and like save a little bit of your paycheck every single time you get it. I think that's so smart because over time that'll accumulate and eventually you can start adding more depending on, you know, your job and whether you're making more money. But yeah, even if it's 50 bucks, you know, that adds up. So really just make an effort to every single time you get a paycheck, throw that in the savings and don't touch it. The next question is how to start life together young without judgment from other people. So this is a little hard for me to answer because I've never been one to really give a shit about what people think about the way that I live my life. I just, I really have not let judgment get the best of me. Um, but I know that it's hard for some people to really do that. Um, so I think you just have to be completely unwavering and so confident in your relationship that even when, even when people do judge, it doesn't bother you. I would also say that if the people that you're surrounding yourself with are the people who are judging you, then you need new people. <laughs> like if they don't support something that makes you happy, then they just shouldn't be main characters in your life. You know what I mean? Like they can be there, but you don't need to put effort into that relationship anymore. I would slowly start to avoid those people and only surround yourself with people who fill your cup and do what makes you happy too. At the end of the day, like this is your only life. It's your life and if starting your life young with your partner is going to make you happy and that's what your heart is telling you to do, then do it. And again, just don't, don't worry about the bullshit. Don't worry about the noise. Judgment will be there always constantly with whatever you do. But if you're confident in yourself and you're confident in your relationship and you're happy, that's all that matters. And you just got to do the damn thing. All right. The next category is relationship issues. So these are just like your basic relationship issues. Um, and these are good ones. And I really, really thank you guys for, you know, being vulnerable and giving me your issues and your and your problems because I think a lot of people deal with, deal with these kind of problems and I think it's good for people to really talk about. The first question is how to not put your insecurities and trust issues onto him. So, I'm just going to hit you with some truth real quick. I think that the only reason you're putting your insecurities or your trust issues into someone else is because you don't want to take the responsibility for them yourself. You don't want to deal with them. And I get that because it's easier to do that. But you have to sort through them on your own. I'm not, not, not a believer in the idea that somebody else can fix your problems. I think that someone, someone else can help you through them, but they can't fix them and they won't fix them. 
So your insecurities and your trust issues will not go away, even if you found the right person, if you have not done the self-work to really make them go away. You know, for some people, doing the self-work might mean taking a step back from the relationship and really taking time for yourself and focusing on yourself and getting help and doing the work. But I don't think it has to mean that for everybody. You know, you could be in a relationship and still see a therapist or journal and meditate or do literally anything else that allows you to think deeply about your insecurities and your trust issues. And you just have to get uncomfortable and do the work. But I think... I think it can look different for everybody. I just think it's important to do that work and to remember that this is your problem. Like, I know that like, that's the worst thing that you want to, that, that anybody wants to hear when you're dealing with insecurities and trust issues, especially when you tend to put your, your issues on the other person, because that's a really hard pill to swallow. I think the person asking this question's really self-aware that they, they know that they have insecurities and trust issues that they're putting on their partner. But I think if you aren't aware of that, you need to acknowledge how unfair that is to the other person who's just trying to, you know, be the best that they can be for you. But anything they do isn't right or doesn't meet your satisfaction because you have all these insecurities in, in these issues. So I think you really owe it to the person and yourself, like, seriously, more so to yourself to really do the work and then come back to the relationship. Because I think, I think once you sort through those insecurities on your own, they won't be an issue in your relationship. Someone asked me, how do you deal with jealousy? So I'm going to talk about both sides of jealousy. So I think if your significant other is jealous, you need to address that in a calm and considerate way. So like something like, I don't know, Hey, I've noticed you get really jealous if I do this or that. Um, why is that? Or maybe you can say, I really don't appreciate the jealous behavior because it's not fair to me and our relationship. So can we talk about it? I think if you come at it in a really considerate way, that's a good way to go about it because I think it does need to be addressed. But I also think a lot of jealousy has to do with the other person's insecurity. So you really do need to come come at it in a considerate way because insecurities, especially when you're telling somebody their insecurity, that's a really sensitive subject. So really make sure you're being considerate. If you're the jealous person, I think that you just need to flip the script onto yourself. So ask yourself why you're getting jealous and uncover any insecurities or things that you might need to work on to not be jealous. On the other hand, like if you're being sketchy and or or your significant other is being sketchy and one another is like visibly trying to make the other person jealous, stop that. Don't do that, okay? No one has time for that. Jealousy is not romantic. It's not cute. It shouldn't be a part of a relationship. It shouldn't be romanticized, okay? We're we're not out here trying to make each other jealous. That's not that's not what a relationship, a healthy relationship looks like. Um it's exhausting and it sucks any positive energy out of a relationship. I'm sorry. It just does. So that being said, do the work to unpack the jealousy. If somebody in your relationship, if the other person in your relationship is jealous, talk to them and address it in a considerate way. Maybe unpack some of the things that, you know, make them jealous and why they're that way. Also, you need to stand up for yourself if you're in a relationship with a person that constantly gets jealous for no reason. That's not fair to you and you need to stick up for yourself. Um, but yeah, you guys just need to, it's all about addressing the underlying cause of jealousy, why that person's jealous, why you're jealous. And then hopefully you guys can get through it and not be jealous anymore. Okay. This question really gets me heated. 
It's how to deal with men who have issues with women slash control issues. Do you, do you really want to know my answer for this? You don't. <laughs> you don't deal with these men. Because honestly, I'm not sure how men in 2020 still have issues with powerful women. I mean, obviously they do because here we are, but I don't get it. <laughs> I think you need to confront the issue in a way that makes it their issue because it is, it is their issue. Not in a way that makes this your fault. You know, you can't confront the control issues or the issue that the person has with you like you did something wrong or like this is your fault. You did nothing wrong. It's their problem. And honestly, like, again, this, this question just makes me hated. Um, <laughs> women deserve to be treated with just downright respect. And by respect, I mean we deserve to be acknowledged as smart, powerful, independent, strong, and capable people. So honestly, fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy and his control issues. I, I, I mean, like, I really don't, I really don't even know what to say other than he has a small dick. <laughs> On the topic of dicks, let's talk about sex. So this is the category of sex. And surprisingly, I mean, I don't want to say surprisingly, like invalidating all of these or making you guys feel bad for this, but I just didn't know that this many people are having issues with sex in their relationship. And I think it just goes to show you that there needs to be more communication about it. Um, but the first question is how to deal with having completely different sex drives due to birth control, which honestly, this could be a whole other topic that I could talk about in a later episode because birth control is just, oof, I really, really, really have some, got some feels about it, got some thoughts, but we're not going to go there today. So how to deal with having completely different sex drives and how to work through it. So I think it just really comes down to communication. If you have different sex drives, it's really easy to get frustrated with one another, but I think you just have to come from a place of love and understanding. And honestly, you're not going to get what you want by being rude or hostile or mad at one another. You're just not. So if you if you want if you want to go all freaky and your partner doesn't, but you you get mad at them for it, they're not going to get freaky with you, you know? You got to butter them up a little bit. So I would say sit down, discuss your needs, discuss your wants, discuss your sex drive, and then come to a compromise. You know, relationships are sacrifice and they're compromise and it's a little give and take. If your partner wants to have sex, for example, like every single day, but you only want to have sex, say three times a week, maybe if you guys do three times a week and then find other ways to be intimate throughout the week, like oral or just like making out, um, that could work, you know? So again, it's just about coming to a compromise and a happy medium so that both of you guys are happy. And that just, you know, that happens through communication. But I also don't want you to think that there's something wrong with you. If you're the person that has a higher sex drive or a lower sex drive, it's just, that's just what, you know, that's just your situation. That's how you are. And don't feel bad about that. Just understand that the person is different and they need to, they, you guys need to compromise. But also, the birth control thing, I think that's really normal too. Don't feel bad about that. If you have a higher sex drive due to birth control or a lower sex drive due to birth control, I've heard both stories and I know it can be frustrating. Um, maybe look into your birth control. Again, I'm not going to go into this really because I have a lot of thoughts that I could get into and it's just going to, that's that's not what we're talking about here, but the birth control thing, it's real. And, it, and I'm telling you just like, maybe look a little deeper into that. So somebody else says, my sex drive is trash. Not sure if it's a long-term relationship thing or a personal problem. 
This is interesting. I think that if you're unsure whether your sex drive isn't where you want it to be because of a personal problem or a relationship issue, maybe you guys have been together for too long and you're not sexually attracted to that person again or anymore, I think what you need to do is you need to experiment. So I would have sex with your partner, not me. I'm not going to have sex with your partner. (laughs) If I were you, I would say have sex with your partner a few times a week and then think about how that felt, write down your thoughts, write down how you feel afterwards. And then I would masturbate a few times a week and notice how I feel. So if you notice you feel more excited or pleased or turned on when you masturbate than you do when you have sex with your partner, then I think that is safe to say that it's a relationship issue and you guys can, you know, figure it out and maybe rethink some things in your relationship. Um, But maybe if you don't notice any difference or you notice that you you know, are more pleased or more turned on when you have sex with your partner, then obviously it's just a personal thing. Um, but again, I think maybe the reason you think that your sex drive is trash is because the other person's sex drive might be higher than yours. You know, I don't think that's an issue. I don't think that that means that your sex drive is trash. Um, but if honestly, if you're saying that your sex drive is trash, then maybe it is, you know, I think we will all be honest with ourselves. Um, but yeah, I think that you just need to experiment and really, really get in touch with how you're feeling whenever you do have sex with your partner and see if you can pinpoint if it's a relationship thing or a personal thing. This next person says, how do you keep your sex life spicy after you've been with someone for so long? I think it's normal to go through waves in your relationship of not being as horny or not having incredible sex all the time, but I don't think it's normal to get bored of your sex life. Maybe it's normal, but I don't think that that's something that should happen in your relationship. And if it does happen in your relationship, I think you need to reevaluate your relationship. I think chemistry is one of the biggest things that contributes to keeping it spicy. Whenever I have sex with Lucas, our chemistry just does it for me. You know, like I, I genuinely never feel bored of it. But I do understand and I do get it because I've been there. Sometimes sex can feel like more routine. Maybe you're just like doing the same positions or something. So I would say just talk to your partner about switching things up. Maybe that means doing foreplay more or doing it differently or trying new positions, getting toys and incorporating them into the situation. Or maybe just doing it at a different time of the day. Maybe you always do it in the morning. So maybe you do it in the, in the nighttime this time, you know? Just just getting creative, playing around, and getting out of your comfort zones, and also talking about it. I think that you need to talk about what you know, what you guys want to, what you guys want to do, and what you're comfortable with. Because you know, no one wants to just like whip out some handcuffs and then their partner be like, "What the fuck," <laughs> you know. So like, talk about you know how you both want to spice things up. Also, something that I think is really underrated is just like making an effort to really connect before sex. So I'm not even talking about foreplay. I'm talking about like on a mental, on a mental level, like your chemistry wise. So before having sex, maybe go out for dinner or go out for drinks or literally just talk about what you love about the other person. I think, I think words can be sexy. You know, I think words can really build that tension, build that sexual desire if that's something that you really feel works for you. So don't neglect words. Okay, guys. Maybe it's just because I'm an English major, but words can get you in the mood, okay? All right, and now this is just a category of like miscellaneous questions. There's a few about like pre-relationship, so not in a relationship, wanting to be or dating. This is just miscellaneous. 
The first question is how to keep a conversation going with someone you used to be able to hold a conversation with. Uh, you don't. Honestly, I don't think you have to try hard to keep a relationship with someone that is genuinely worth it or genuinely interested in you and vice versa. Um, I think this goes for any kind of relationship, whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship, you know? I think I think if the person is right, it won't be hard to keep a conversation going. The next question is, my crush and I are really good friends. How do I make it out of the friend zone? This is so cute. This makes my heart like explode. Honestly, honesty. Honesty is key. Being honest and upfront about it is the only way to go about this girlfriend. I think you just got to go at it in a really chill way because sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that the other person is a, is a male and I know that men can get really, like really weirded out if you go about it the, the wrong way. Um, so when you have time to talk to him and it's a private conversation, you guys are, you know, just the two of you and you know, you're both in good moods and you're not texting about this. You're not calling each other. Don't do this over the phone. You really want to do this in person because I think body language is important in this kind of situation. Um, and you know, if it works out, maybe you lean in for a little kiss. I don't know. I'm just so excited for you. Anyway. Okay. Let's get to the advice. So I would say, you know, say something like, Hey, I really don't want to make things weird, but I have to tell you something. I have feelings for you. I love our friendship and I don't want to jeopardize that. So if you don't feel the same way, that's totally cool. I just really had to get this off my chest and I would still love to be your friend if you don't feel the same way. Something simple like that could really go a long way. You know, hopefully the person's like, oh my gosh, I never thought you'd say that. I have the same feelings for you. Let's date. Let's get married. Love it. You know, if the person doesn't reply that to you, honestly, you know, if you can be friends with the person, be friends with the person. You obviously really care about this person. Um, and don't get mad at them if they don't feel the same way. Maybe they'll come around eventually, you know? But I think for you and your sake, you need to honor your feelings and you need to be upfront with the person because if you don't talk to them about it, one, you you may never get out of the friend zone if you don't, you know, tell them that you want to be out of the friend zone. But two, I think it's just going to eat at you not being able to tell the person that you like them. So, just be honest. Go for it, girl. Be bold. I mean, honestly, that's just like the cutest freaking thing ever. And I really hope it works out for you. This is an interesting question because I think a lot of women deal with this. And maybe not the specific characteristics that this person talks about, but they, they deal with this. So the question is how to deal with wanting macho men that I can't have and who are emotionally unavailable or inconsistent with me and not wanting the sweet ones who always show clear interest and consistently reach out. I think this is like the story of every woman's life and every sweet guy's life. <laughs> I think a lot of women don't want to go for the nice guy or the sweet guy and they want somebody that is emotionally unavailable. I think that's a trend with women and I don't know why, but it is. First, I don't think you can get mad at yourself for liking what you like. If macho men are your thing, then that's fine. But I think you need to try to come to a happy medium. So the way that I like to do this, just because I'm a type A person and I know the person who asked this question and I know you're this way too, make a list, girl. You need to make a list, write down three things that are absolute musts and three things that are absolute deal breakers and a partner. Then whenever you're dating, make sure that the partner is hitting your musts or missing your deal breakers. You know, they don't have to hit all of your musts, but just make sure that, you know, 
they're not really showing any of those clear deal breaker things for you. And then I just think it's about understanding the qualities in a person that you're attracted to and that are important to you in a relationship and then finding somebody based off of those things. So if your must are, you know, they have to be confident, they have to be into health and wellness, they have to have a good relationship with their family, then I would find a macho man that has those things, you know? And if they do, then that's a win-win. But if the person that you find those those must-haves in isn't the the person that is like physically your type, then I would say still go for it. You know, give it a try. You never know until you try it. So don't don't like completely give up on the person. I think go for it. Give it a try. But then if it doesn't work, don't beat yourself up for it not working. You know, physical attraction goes a long way. And personally, I'm someone that has to be physically attracted to the other person to want to be with them long term. So I get it. Like physical attraction is a lot for some people. And if that's if that's a must, you know, you have to be physically attracted attracted to this person. Don't beat yourself up for not, you know, going for the men who are interested in you. You know, if if we always went for the people that are interested in us, I think we'd have a lot more people settling and I think we'd have, be a lot more unhappy. So, you know, don't compromise your musts um, and don't compromise what you want. You know, move on to the next. Your guy will come to you. Somebody asked me what my thoughts were on marriage and divorce being young. I think when you know, you know. And I think when you don't know, you don't know. (laughs) So what I mean is like, I think if you feel in your heart of hearts that like, damn, I want to marry this person. I love this person. I'm going to marry this person. Then do it. But then again, then again, if like months or years down the line, you realize, you know what? Maybe took it a little too fast. Maybe don't like this person anymore. Maybe want to get a divorce. Then freaking do it. Honestly, like, I don't know if divorce is still taboo in, like, our day and age. I, I know it's so common. But, like, for me, I would hate to be miserable in a relationship, like, in my one life that I live. You feel me? Like, I don't want to just stay miserable because I'm scared of what other people are going to think about the t- decisions that I've, I've made. So, you know... If you're somebody who got married young and are scared of the judgment, like, don't be. If you're somebody that got married young and then finds that you want to divorce this person, you got to do it. You have to honor yourself because that's the only person that really, really matters at the end of the day is that you had a good life because you honored your feelings. So go with your gut and regret nothing. But maybe next time, like, think extra, extra hard about whether you want to marry somebody or not just to make it easier on yourself. Ooh, this is like my favorite topic in relationships. Um, I've covered it a lot, so I'm not going to go super in-depth about it. Um, But somebody asked me to talk about independence in relationships. Again, I've talked like extensively about this topic on my blog, and I'm pretty sure there is a blog post on there. Literally just type in like relationships on my blog, and you'll find all of the blog posts that you need to you need to go to. And I've also talked about this on a podcast with Lucas before. So definitely check that out. I'll leave it in the show notes. Um, But I think independence is the most important thing that you can have in a relationship. If you're not okay to be on your own or by yourself, you're not going to be okay in a relationship. A relationship is two individuals choosing to coexist, not two individuals becoming one. I'm sorry. It's just not. If you don't implement independence into your relationship, someone will feel trapped 
and you'll literally lose sight of who you are. Like I'm telling you, this happened to me. I was very, I was always a very independent person, but I became very dependent on Lucas in high school and in college. And I remember my freshman year of college, I didn't immerse myself into my surroundings and my cultures and my peers as much as I could have because I was so caught up in Lucas. And that's not his fault. That was my fault. But I lost sight of who I was because of that. And then that's why I broke up with him because I needed to find myself again. I needed to find my independence again. So again, you just really need to remind yourself to keep your own identity and do the things that you want to do or that you like to do regardless if the other person likes to do those things. Because again, we're talking about independence and being your own individual self. Just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean that you sacrifice all the things that you were or like to do before you were in this relationship. And also you should be with someone who honors the person that you are and the things that you like and the things that you want to do. Put it this way, a significant other, in my opinion, should feel like a really loyal, special, diehard friend. They're always there for you. They support you. They hang out with you when you want them to, but they also do their own things and like let you live your own life too, you know? It's like, it should feel like a best friend that you get to make out with. And the last thing that someone said was, I feel like it's taking forever to find the one. It's hard for me to give advice on this topic because I met quote unquote the one in high school, but I think maybe you should stop thinking about it that way. Maybe stop going into every relationship thinking that this person might be the one. You know, honestly, like, I'm not sure that like the concept of the one is really, you know, an accurate thing for a lot of people. I don't know if if, you know, everyone finds the one person that they're supposed to be with in their life. And I think that's okay. I think that, you know, going into every relationship thinking like this person might be the one for me, I think that puts pressure and expectations on the relationship. And I think you'll probably be let down. And I think it'll be harder for you to go into every other relationship after that if you just keep being like, maybe this one's the one, maybe this guy's the one, maybe this person's the one, maybe this chick's the one. Like, mm. I, I just wouldn't do that. Um, you will find the one. You will. You will find the person that you believe is right for you and that makes you feel like no one else matters in the world. You will find that person, but you have to be patient. It's better to wait and find that person later on or, you know, wait and just find someone that you really feel is awesome and that, that it does, you know, sustain and go long term. I think, I think it's better to wait and find that person who's your everything than to just settle for something less than what you deserve. You know, you don't want to be miserable. Hang in there and have some fun in the meantime. Okay. Like if, if you really want to find the one, you're going to be with that person for forever. If that's, if that's like your concept of it. So like have some fun before then you feel me. I feel like I said, you feel me like three more times in this podcast episode than I like ever have said in my entire life. I don't think I've ever said that <laughs> phrase in my entire life until this episode. All right, you guys, that wraps up the Instagram questions, the relationship advice podcast episode for today. I hope you guys really enjoyed this. I loved doing this because relationships in love and navigating dating life and just relationships in general is like my favorite thing to talk about ever. So I had a really good time and I hope that you guys got some helpful advice or insight or just gain some knowledge from this episode and maybe 
you know, maybe you're going to take some things away from this and implement them into your life or make some decisions that you were avoiding or just really rethink things. Or, you know, maybe this is encouraging you to like go out to the sex shop and, and experiment a little bit, get a little freaky, you know, get that, get that sex, that sex life spicy again. I also wanted to say thank you guys for being so vulnerable. I actually did not expect to get this many questions and this many input about like your struggles and your issues and your problems. And I want to say thank you for trusting me. Obviously, all of this is anonymous. I would never, ever, ever say someone's name if they didn't want me to. And I just, again, want to thank you guys for being so vulnerable and honest about your problems. And I'm so proud of all of you for being so self-aware. I think we all need to work harder to become more self-aware in our society. And shout out to everyone who sent me their questions and their issues and their problems because you guys are already doing the work. You guys are already becoming so self-aware and just vulnerability is so freaking awesome and I respect it so much. So thank you guys. You guys are awesome and you guys should give yourselves a pat on the back for exercising your vulnerability because I know it's hard. As always, please, please, please leave me a rating and review. I just love reading them and I love to hear what you guys have to say about the podcast, what you guys are liking, what you're not liking. You know, even if it's a review saying like, hey girl, love this, but also think you should do this. That's what I want to hear. You know, I just want your feedback. So always give me a rating and review. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at JustMans, or you can find me on my blog, JustMans.com. You can also watch me on YouTube. It's Amanda DeMarco. Just type that in. And yeah, I will see you guys in the next episode.